What's up, everyone? Welcome to the first ever No Huddle with Carlucci podcast brought to you by the Times News and TNOnline.com. Expect two podcasts per week. I'll be hosting a bunch of them with very special guests from the fantasy football industry uh, and around the area. And I got a great guest on today. We go way back. You might have heard of him from the Carbon County, Schuylkill County area. He's currently out in Oklahoma City working for Fox, and he has some experience covering the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Bleacher Report. And, oh, yeah, we hosted a local radio show for a few years together. Dan Snyder, how are you, man? Good, man. It's been too long. How's it going? Good. Good to hear you. Good to hear your voice. It's been so long since we did any kind of show together. And, I know. You know, we're breaking the podcast wide open. The Times News, a nice new aspect we're going to bring to the table. And I uh, hope you come on throughout the regular season. I know you have some uh, average insight you could provide me with. This is a- this is a large risk by the Times News letting us back on the airwaves together. I just want to say that. Well, we got to keep it G-rated. It's not exactly the XM dial, not Howard Stern-esque. But uh, it's nice to have a little bit of an opinion. And, uh, you know, I want to you know, break this open and talk about the AFC because I know you're a Steelers guy. Uh, so we're going to talk about the AFC t- today, jump around a little bit. Next week's No Huddle will feature the NFC uh, this coming Friday and every Friday I'm going to be dropping a fantasy football podcast with some insight uh, so every now and then maybe we can bring Dan on although he's always failed in every league that I've run so I don't That's know if you want to hear that entirely true I don't know failed is the right word uh, I think I won one shot over par in most of them slightly plus slightly one. over par plus one. yeah as, as much as much as I you know bash Dan and fantasy he, he's got the scoop he knows his stuff he knows the National Football League uh, and I want to talk about the AFC and you know what we'll just we'll just snowball it here what conference uh, what conference man I don't even got my facts <laughs> straight what division do you want to start with Dan and let it rip you know what let's go with your division the South because I think I'm really interested in the South this year this is a, a, a division that for the last, God, I don't know, since Mark Brunel uh, has often been looked as a complete pushover uh, in the toilet bowl of maybe the AFC. There's a couple years uh, where the Titans were competitive, uh, a couple years where the Arian Foster era in Houston, uh, but they never really had a complete team. Uh, and now you look at, at the way things are developing with uh, Houston, and it's, it's a real shame that Deshaun Watson you know, sustained the injury that he did. Um, and I got to be honest with you, I, I did not expect for him to play at the elite level that he did. Uh, he has obviously showed some some flashes of brilliance, Dan. But, you know, oftentimes with these mobile quarterbacks, we've seen them excel early on, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe regress in year two. So I want to start with the Houston Texans and uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what your gut's telling you about Houston and what's Deshaun Watson going to do this year? Well, Houston's the real wild card. And I think the South as a whole, look, the South can either be really good or it's going to be really bad. And that goes for the top ones there, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Houston. To me, they could all be, I, I look at it and I'm like, I don't know if they're going to be really good or really bad, but I'm excited about them. For Houston, to me, everything, even outside of Deshaun Watson, relies on staying healthy. Can Clowney stay healthy? Can Watt stay healthy? Can Deshaun Watson stay healthy? If all those guys are healthy, I mean, they got a really good shot to win 10 games. That's a good football team. For what I saw in Watson, give a lot of credit to Bill O'Brien, he went out and just let him play. He didn't say, this is our offense, you're going to have to fit to it. He kind of said, okay, this is what you're strong at. 
let's play to that. And he showed it off really well. And, and I, I mean, when, when they went up to Foxborough and he played the way he did against New England, that, that was really the eye-opening game. But he just played so well. And the guy, he's a winner. I mean, he's a proven winner. He beat Alabama in a national championship. So I, I like Deshaun Watson a lot. I think Bill O'Brien is a really, really good offensive coach. And I think you'll see him try to develop more towards staying healthy, but while keeping some of the aspects that really make Deshaun Watson great. So if they stay healthy, I'm really, really high on the Texans this year. You know, I got to play devil's advocate because that's what we do with each other. Bill O'Brien went out and let Deshaun Watson play, and he went out and tore his ACL. Are they going to yep. dial Watson and, and kind of tell him, hey, stay in the pocket and try to make your reason throw the ball this year? Yeah, I, I think they should. But Deshaun Watson is just so great at getting out of the pocket. I mean, you can say the same thing about the Eagles. Like, hey, Carson Wentz ran. He hurt his knee. What are you going to do? Sometimes that just happens. I mean, you can't just baby a quarterback. He does take a lot of shots, and he does take a lot of unnecessary shots. What they can't do is what sort of what Washington did with Robert Griffin. That first year, they tailored that offense to do what he was really good at, and then the years after, they tried to ramp it up as to, okay, this is what you have to do now. We're going more toward a pro-style game. And I, I think it went too fast for him. I, I, don't, I don't think he ever caught up to that. And I think it messed him up a little bit. For Watson, I think they'll leave a lot of that in the playbook um, and, and just see if he can, see if he can hold up. I, I hope he can because he's exciting to watch. I tell you what, I think I think we are we almost have to see more RPO out of Houston. Uh, I, I think that is gonna that's what makes Deshaun Watson such a such a threat to defensive coordinators. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm done with Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller just doesn't. Do I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really bummed that uh, Dante Foreman uh, tore up his leg too last year because that that guy. I think I think we we get towards November this year. I think we're gonna see a lot of him uh, in this Houston team. But you're right. It comes down to staying healthy. I mean, J.J. Watt, he has to stay healthy. It's been two years. It's been two years. He just doesn't scare me anymore. So until he's on the field for 16 games, uh, and I mean, you're talking about a defense that that lost A.J. Boyd to to Jacksonville. Uh, You bring in the Honey Badger, but you got Jonathan Joseph on the outside. He's, what, 45 now? I know. I know. I I still think they're a talented defensive team, but, I mean, you said it. Hey, J.J. Watt doesn't scare me anymore. Well, it's because you haven't seen him in two years. I mean, this guy's still a freak of nature. He's a, a, a tremendous athlete for his size. And if he stays healthy, he's going to wreak havoc like he always did. But that's a big question. Can he stay healthy now? What's the over-under on how many years until he's in the WWE? Oh, man. <laughs> I think he'd be a great WWE figure. But he could never be a bad guy. Like, he could never be the bad guy in a wrestling ring. Like, like could, could Gronk? Oh, Are yeah. they, like, similar? Well, They're, like, the same guy. No, Gronk could definitely be the bad guy because Gronk's the party guy. Gronk's party guy. He's the fun guy. Gronk could be, like, that stone-cold personality. Maybe not as mean, but people will get irritated because Gronk's always smiling at everything. J.J. Watts, uh, he's just too nice, man. He's too nice for wrestling. You know, you look around this division – and uh, you talk about AJ Boy. Talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Love them. I don't Love think them. there's a better defense 
um, than the Jacksonville Jaguars yes. that I've seen in a while. And I got, I got to tell you this. I know the fantasy football podcast is dropping Friday, but I think the Jacksonville Jaguars had a top five fantasy season ever by a defensive team. I looked at my, my, my personal league that I run and they're scoring. They would have ranked 11th out of any flex player in scoring last year. They had 21 picks and eight touchdowns, Dan. I don't know if that's sustainable, but clearly that is the heart and soul of that team. It's hard, and I think Jalen Ramsey hurt him a little bit with his little quarterback rankings that he did because now he just put a gigantic unnecessary target on his back. And, I, I mean, I think Jacksonville's defense is still going to be top tier. I think they're still probably going to be the best. Our uh, Los Angeles, the Rams, they're going to give him a run because that defense is scary. Minnesota is going to give him a run. That defense also scary. But beware, beware of Blake. I think this is a big Blake year. I think it's a big Blake Bortles year. I, I think he's being a little underappreciated. Now, I'm not scared of Blake Bortles, but, I mean, he's going to have that play action all of the time. I mean, Leonard Fournette, uh, he saw stacked boxes all he year, and he, he, he efficiently ran right through them. But what wide receiver – is going to emerge out of this group. Yeah, Marquise Lee. Yeah, yeah, you bring in Austin Safarian Jenkins. Oh, I'm sick of hearing about Daddy Westbrook. I mean, is he actually going to separate himself? Uh, you know, Keenan Cole, Dante Moncrief. Who is going to step up? I think that's uh, vital for the Jaguars' success because you need someone to be that reliable, dependent role. And I, I'm not sure who I'm putting my money on and stepping up yet. Do you have a favorite receiver out of this group? You know, I like Didi because I did get to watch him while I was here in Oklahoma. He's got wheels. He's undersized. But he can take the top off of you. And once once he starts getting some respect, once he makes a couple big plays, you'll see those safeties start getting back, and you'll see everything else open up underneath. But, I mean, you mentioned there's no big play guy. Well, Alan Robinson was out right away last year. And these other guys stepped up. I mean, they did a serviceable job question is now can they take that next step they don't have alan hearns anymore and i think that was a, a pretty decent loss there um you'd obviously like to see them get a receiver but you know you know i've always been a blake guy i've been a little biased towards Bortles, but i think i i legitimately think he can make strides this year to become a quality quarterback i don't think he's ever going to be a top five guy but he doesn't have to be when you have a defense like that and a running game like that just manage the game don't turn the ball over you, you saw him go into Pittsburgh twice and beat the Steelers. Not just beat them. He beat them up. I mean, they beat them up. So I, 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 I'm pretty confident that Blake Bortles can be a quality quarterback this year. I think he takes another step. Now, if you look at a team that is completely set up in an opposite spectrum than the Jacksonville Jaguars, is the Indianapolis Colts. They have no proven run game. They have no defense. But they have the quarterback who, well – Depends who you ask. Some people are pushing them. Oh, Andrew Luck's back. He'll be a top five quarterback, this and that. He's healthy. I can see Andrew Luck being a top ten guy. He's definitely a guy who can go out and win games opposed to not make mistakes because, you know, we, he makes those for sure. So looking at the Colts this year, you know, the, the run game's already dinged up with Marlon Mack and, and Jordan Wilkins. And, oh, God. It was, I mean, it's just... it was bad before you named anybody. I mean, let's just go with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the – T.Y. Hilton and, you know, your next, nice, next exciting player in offense is Jack Doyle. So, I mean, oh, jeez. Uh, look, Andrew Luck, uh, to me, here's the deal with Andrew Luck. He's great. He dragged them to the playoffs early in his career. He was the only thing. Their defense was bad. Their line was bad. Their run game was bad. He did it by himself. And people expected a lot, and then the injuries came and everything. But Luck, I think when he started throwing a lot of picks – 
he was just trying to do too much because you have the to. Ga- and the game was you all on him. It's all on him. So I, I, they need to get more around him there. They had uh, they took Quentin Nelson, correct? The guard from from mm-hmm. Notre Dame. I mean, he's a stud. Quentin Nelson is a stud, and their line is just bad. It's awful. They might have the worst offensive line in football. I don't think the Colts are going to make any waves this year. If Andrew Luck can get back on the field and play a full year, that's a successful year for the Colts. But they've got a lot of work to do on both sides of the ball to become a a quality team. I agree. And uh, before we go to our last team in the AFC South and get to our predictions and things like that, uh, Andrew Luck dragged them to the playoffs when the division was a circus. Uh, it's not a circus anymore. The, the AFC South is probably one of the top two divisions yeah. in the AFC, in I my agree. opinion. If, if so, they're healthy. If they're all healthy. I'll give you my prediction. I, I think the Colts are going to finish fourth in the AFC South. Yeah. I don't know if we can agree on that. Safe it might bet. be close, Safe but that, that's just the spoiler right there. Rare, uh, and last, rare agreement here. Rare agreement. Last but not least is, is, is the Tennessee Titans, who a uh, new head coach, Mike Vrabel, uh, you know, the good thing is him and John Robinson, the GM, have been on on the exact same page. John Robinson knows what he's doing. And uh, it's finally nice to see someone in that damn office with a little bit of control <laughs> of the organization. Let me tell you that. Um, however, there's a lot of new changes going on. You, know, you bring in Dean Pease, who, oh, I'm retiring from the Ravens. Well, just because you got you know Joe Flacco, you're not going anywhere. He unretired and took the defensive coordinator position uh, <laughs> with the Titans. Um but I do, I do love the Matt LaFleur hire as offensive coordinator, a guy who interviewed at, uh, to be the head coach of that team. And this is a guy, Matt LaFleur, who is definitely going to get the best out of, out of Marcus Mariota. Let's face it, the malarkey age is there in Tennessee, running the football into 10 defenders every week. It was not a winning combination. The Titans were climbing up, climbing an uphill battle before the opening kickoff every week with that coaching staff. What do and- you call his offense? Contemporary running or something? I don't know. Exotic Smash Mouth? Where was any of that? Yeah, It's like driving a tractor trailer into a traffic jam. Mike Malarkey would be an amazing Big Ten coach. I mean, they'd love him in the Big Ten. That's about it. Yes. But now you have uh, LaFleur, who, uh, let's just check his track record, was with RG3 during his uh, Rookie of the Year breakout campaign, was with Matt Ryan during his MVP campaign, was with Jared Goff last year. I'm loving... Uh, the the marriage that people are calling it between Marcus Mariota, Lafleur, and, and this offense, and you look at the acquisitions. You know, Deion Lewis is, is extremely underrated, one of the most efficient running backs in the league. Um, and as good as his team looks on paper, they're extremely balanced. You have to kind of temper your expectations because of all of the change in all of the areas. Sure, and you know what? I think the best thing. That- Sneaky. They're sneaky and they're underrated. And nobody's really talking about them. Everybody's talking about how great the Jacksonville defense is. Everybody's talking about, well, if Houston's healthy, they're going to be great. Nobody's talking about Tennessee. And I think you mentioned the run play option. That's going to be huge for Mariota this year. I think they're going to use that a lot. I I like Tennessee a lot. I think they're sneaky, scary. I don't know if they're going to challenge for a Super Bowl this year, but I also love Mike Grable as a head coach. I think he's a good motivator. On a young team, which Tennessee mostly is, uh, I, I think he'll get them to play for him. And I like, I like this Titans team. I do, and and I like the offense. I like the I like the play calling that we're, that they're gonna get. Uh, and you look at the additions. Like I said, Deion Lewis, and more importantly, Malcolm Butler. 
Yeah. Uh, you look at this. You look at this team. Adoree Jackson is turning into a star. Uh, you look at them paired with Logan Ryan and, and Kevin Byard, and there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of looks that Dean Pease can give the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, this is a, this is a three-headed monster in the division. So, you know, before we move on, let me hear your predictions uh, for the AFC South. I, I got Jacksonville winning it, and I legitimately think they can get two wild card teams out of the South. I think both. I think both Tennessee. I would put Tennessee in, and I would put Houston on the fringe, just because I don't know if Houston can stay healthy. Uh, I mean, J.J. Watt, again, two years of injury. Jadavian Clowney's had his injury history. Deshaun Watson's had his injury history. So I'd put them on the fringe if they're healthy. I think they're a playoff team. But if not, you know, obviously they fall out. It's a division that could legitimately get three teams in the playoffs. Uh, I kind of agree with you there. I think the Jags defense is good enough to eat alive the poor quarterbacks. They have one of the top three strength of schedules in their favor this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as long as Fournette stays healthy, you know, that offense is going to control the clock, take care of the ball. That defense is going to make some plays. Um, and I think Tennessee, I, the only, the only reason, and I'm very rational, uh, a rational Titans fan. You almost have to be when you suck for like 15 years, but you are, you're more um, of a, you're more of a pessimistic Titans fan than anything. I am. <laughs> and, and honestly, the only reason I don't have them winning the division is, uh, it's because of all the change. Like, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. Sure. As much as a lot of the terminology is, is kind of the same throughout the league and this and that, you know, you're going to you're gonna hit your bumps, you know, just with a whole new – everything's brand new, from the uniforms to the coaching staff and all your free agent acquisitions. Don't like those uniforms. It's the only thing I don't like about the Titans. Oh, come on. Bad. Bad come uniforms. Come on. Bad uniforms. Not a- Dan, moving on to the AFC East. The home of Tom and Bill. Yeah. Oh, man. Here we go. Let's get through this one quick. There's not much else to talk about besides New England. I mean, New England's going to win that division. They might go – they're probably going to win out in that division. It's it, it's not good outside of them. I mm. mean, you know, Buffalo went into the playoffs last year, but mm. – I think they they're they're worse this mm, year. Yeah, a little bit. Over <laughs> under six on Vegas. Six Vegas wins is what they're currently at. You know, I was shocked when you told me that, and then I thought about it, and you know, they're they're very good defensively. They they look good defensively, but offensively, the big question's a quarterback. Who's playing quarterback? I mean, McCarron's got the injured collarbone. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Is Josh Allen ready to play? Is it going to be Peterman again? Are we having another Nathan Peterman episode? There's no way the Buffalo Bills win six games. There's no way. I, there's, there's no way. But I looked at it, and, you know, you think they, they probably win three in the division. Okay, you know what? They might push six, but there's no way they win more. You know, the Vegas guys are pretty smart. I, would, I think six is a good number for them. But I think it was a necessary sacrifice by Buffalo. You weren't winning a Super Bowl with Tyrod Taylor. He played well, but you're not winning a Super Bowl with him. And you get the guy that you think is your franchise and Josh Allen. So, I, I, I mean, I guess it's a necessary, you know, failure. Why? Why? He was effective when he played. If the defense is so good, why not try to compete another year? But you think Tyrod Taylor is going to win you a Super Bowl? Is that team coming back – that team from last year coming back this year, is that team going to win a Super Bowl? I think any quarterback in the right situation can win a Super Bowl. A Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, Dan. Okay, we're not talking – Buffalo's defense is not the 2,000 Ravens. No one's the 2,000 Ravens, but exactly. you know what I mean. They exactly. can get hot and make no, a run. No, no. I, I, 
you know, I'm okay with the move that Buffalo did. Dan, it was the first time in, like, a millennium that the Bills made the playoffs. Bills Mafia went ballistic, and now they're just going to go right down the toilet, and just it's going to be chaos. People people are going to die at these tailgates, Dan. But look, if Josh Allen – people are already dying at the tailgates, let's be fair. If Josh Allen's the guy they think he is, then, you know, in two years, you're going to be back there. And Bills Mafia will be celebrating for the next 10 years. So, I, you know, I, I think you got to go out and try and get a franchise quarterback. Because at the end of the day, you know, making the playoffs is nice. But ask Eagles fans before last year, it sucks when you're, you know, always at the dance and never winning homecoming queen. Who wants to be the queen, Dan? You're a man. Be the king. Homecoming king. Whatever. Listen, I, I, I get that you like the move, but so how high are you on Josh Allen? I mean, the oh. move makes sense, but do you like him? No, personally, no. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a Josh Allen guy. I I, I'm with you on that. I respect I the move, but... He's, I think, you know, when you get into the draft, no matter how good a talent evaluator you are, you get enamored with the things that you can't change. Every, every coach is going to go, I can make him more accurate. I can make him read better. I can make him go through his progressions better. But I can't make him taller, and I can't make him throw a ball 75 yards in the air. And I think that's what you see with Josh Allen. Um, his receivers were not good at Wyoming. You know, the rest of the team was not good. So you give him a little bit there. But, I, you know, I, I, what I see is just a big, strong arm guy and not so much of, like, like I, I, I don't see Josh Rosen. I thought Josh Rosen was a much better quarterback coming in and you know again you get enamored with those things you can't change the intangibles there i i don't see him being a franchise guy you know i'm just thinking about that over under now and how bad this division really is and i'm getting sick maybe if it was seven it would be a lock i guess i guess they have a chance to win six and it might be a deceiving six because they might not be that good but the division is horrible i mean wow am i the only one that thinks the miami dolphins are bad they're a bad football team. I, right, I can't right. be the only one that thinks that. Ryan Tannehill's numbers haven't been the worst. It's just insane that he's still there, given his injury history, and he's 30 years old already. I mean, he was like 25 when they drafted him. I mean, they were in the market. They were in the market for a quarterback in this draft. Make no mistake about it. They tried to get one of those guys, and they couldn't. So uh, they're going another year with Tannehill, but, I mean, think about uh, – what what's on this team? What, what do they have that's that's so overwhelming? I mean, they're Miami's. They're, they're probably going to win six or seven games, but I mean, are they going to be quality wins? What, are they going to beat up on the Jets and beat the Bills once? They can't stop the run. They, they can't can? stop the run at all. They yeah. can't stop the pass either. They can't do much of anything. I, I know, and I've been wait. You know, we all hear every year how Devontae Parker's taking the next step and. No, Where's he that? looked looked horrible in camp. He broke his finger. Uh, Kenny Stills, man. Kenny Stills. That's it. I don't know. I, it's just every year I go in and I hear all the buzz about Miami, and I, I just think, why? I don't think there's much of a buzz around Miami this year. Uh, let's move on to the Jets. Go to the Jets. I mean, this could be a quick one, but not really. The I, Jets I, are building for the future. Yeah, that's simply put. What do you, do you start? Do you start Sam out of the gate, or do you let McCown try his like six game stint before he breaks his collarbone again? No, I think you go with. I think you go with whoever's playing the best. I, I think we're beyond the days of oh, you got to sit a quarterback for a year and let him develop. I think Darnold's a guy that would be okay going in. Josh Allen's a guy. I think if you want to make him great, let him sit and let him learn. 
the the Bills now with the McCarron injury might not have that luxury. But, you know, Darnold to me is a guy I think that can go in and learn. I think Darnold can be great. Uh, He just makes a lot of mistakes. And you know what? Uh, On this Jets team, that's okay. That's okay. You're going to learn from that. There are zero expectations for the New York Jets this year. So maybe go in and and let him fly. Don't forget Teddy Bridgewater's there too. Maybe Bridgewater. He's been playing great. Absolutely. If I'm them, I go with whoever looks the best. But at some point this year, I'm starting Darnold because he's your future. Looking at New England, uh, I'm thinking they maybe lose one division game. You know, they're just not as, as good as they usually are. Their you roster, know, they usually seem to. They usually just seem to drop one. Drop one on the road in Buffalo or something, you know, yeah. like standard. But uh, And the roster just isn't what it used to be. I mean, they lost a lot of key free agents. A lot of them went to uh, the, the new – the new building Patriots, the Titans 2.0, yeah. Deion Lewis, Malcolm Butler. Uh, but they really didn't do much to kind of – to get anybody back. I mean, they, they, they bring in Eric Decker, who I don't think is even going to make the team. Yeah, he's um, looked really bad. <laughs> it, it's been awful. You know, you don't know when Sony Michelle – Sony, Sony, Sony PlayStation Michelle's going to come <laughs> back in. I, I don't know. He had a minor knee procedure. But uh, he's the real deal. I'm thinking by, like, you know, October, I'm thinking he sees 15 carries a game because they're going to need that. You know, James White is – is your Swiss Army knife, and his role won't change. He's going to be that threat out of the backfield. He might carry the ball five or six times, but uh, he, he's like, you know, kind of a different Danny Woodhead, different dimension. Like, he's legit, but, uh, you know, Rex Burkhead dealing with a slight tear in his knee. They're going to need Michelle eventually. Luch, it's, it's the same thing we're saying about New England every year. Well, this roster just doesn't look that good, and Tom's a year older, and there's friction between Tom and Bill Belichick. They've been together for, what, 18 years? Yeah, there's going to be some friction there. New England's still the favorite in the AFC. They're still the best team in the AFC because of Tom Brady. I mean, losing Isaiah Wynn, to me, is bigger. Because yeah, huge. At, at Tom's age, you just got to protect him. You got to do everything you can to protect him. They still got Gronk. You know, uh, the Edelman suspension's in. and then, But then they get the Barrios kid to replace Anandola, who's basically the same guy. And Chris Hogan's legit, man. He is. He is. 7-11. Yeah. I, I, he played He played really well since he's got to New England. You know, listen, New England is still the class of the AFC. They are still the team to beat. And until somebody does it, I'm going to pick them. And they're getting the bye. Uh, they're getting the bye. Yeah. Unless Tom Brady goes down, they're getting the bye. There, yeah. There's no way around it. Yeah. Uh, they're the class of the AFC. Wrap up the East and hand it to New England. <laughs> All right, Dan, let's jump all the way across the country, back three time zones to the AFC West. What are you thinking out there, Dan? Is there a clear-cut cream of the crop franchise in the West this season, or are we going to see a little bit of competitiveness? It's always competitive. The West is always weird like that, and it has a lot to do with San Diego. They either get off really hot and finish slow, or they start slow and finish hot. So they always make things weird. But the West is kind of up for grabs this year. Uh, Denver could do something with Case Keenum now. What do we really know about Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? Is John Gruden really going to install a 1995 offense in Oakland? And then again, you have the Chargers, the perpetual 8-8 team, who every year somebody seems to go, well, they're either going to be terrible this year or they're going to finally make the leap. So the West is just weird. And and the Chargers, man, you look at them on paper two months ago, they're already fighting injuries. Yeah, look at Hunter Henry, very underrated tight end. Yes. He's borderline, borderline top five tight end if he's healthy. 
Yeah. And uh, he just he, never stays he's gone. And now they're going to have to run a bunch of three wide receiver personnel. Mike Williams, finally healthy, number, what, seven overall draft pick yeah. last year. But they just can't stay. I mean, I feel so bad for them every year. You know, Jason Berry, yeah. he's done, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a huge blow for them because he's probably their best defensive player. He is great in man coverage, Dan. Yeah, yeah he's terrific. Uh, I mean, but listen, I, I love Phillip Rivers. I think if you put Phillip Rivers in New York – Instead of Eli Manning, he could have probably been. Has, New York probably has three or four Super Bowls. I mean, I, I think he's that much better than Eli. But I mean, out here, they all they've done is battle injuries. It's just been a tough go for them, and I, I kind of see him being in the same place. Just those injuries hit him again. Like you said, Hunter Henry, Jason Barrett, those are two huge pieces. I think nine wins could win that division, though. I really, it, I, it I could. think so. It could, I, I think, think they'll be in contention. And, I do. And what was it last year? They were right down to it. Uh, again, it's in standard Chargers fashion, right down to the last week. And they very well could be that way again this year. And a, a huge problem is that line has been bad for the past five or six years. But it's kind of the best it's been over the past five or six years. And Melvin Gordon is a volume guy. And he needs he needs that workload to kind of produce. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with the offense. You know, losing Jason Verrett is is a big blow. Um, but you look at this division, and like you said, it's going to be competitive. And, and I want to talk about Kansas City. What do you think about uh, the new the new quarterback in town? Uh, and what do you think about that offense? I loved Patrick Mahomes when he came out. I loved him in the draft. Loved him at Texas Tech, and I love him with Andy Reid. We just know how Andy gets in the playoffs, but. During the regular season, Andy is always a terrific coach, and he knows how to get the most out of quarterbacks. There's one common theme through Andy Reid's career. He knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks. I mean, we all saw the 70-yard laser that Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill on uh, in the preseason game. Granted, it's a preseason game, but it shows you what he can do. I think there's still enough here that this is going to be a competitive football team. I don't think the Chiefs are rebuilding by any means. Um, it, it's going to be a matter of can Patrick Mahomes did that year on the bench do enough for Patrick Holmes to adjust to a pro style offense because he came I, I don't think he was ever under center at Texas Tech I don't think he spent a snap under center at Texas Tech so it, it's just a matter of can he adjust to that pro style offense was that year behind Alex Smith enough of an adjustment and the offense is going to be different it's not going to be the Alex Smith offense of hey, we're going to hand it off and we're going to dink and dunk. We're just not going to make mistakes. They're probably going to have to overcome some mistakes from Holmes, but they're probably going to have a lot more big plays too. I can see that. A couple things. That, you know, I'm not really freaking out about the laser and the Tyree Kill catch. And we knew he could throw far. We knew Tyree Kill could run past some people, you know. But like you said, the offense is going to be different. It was cool to see for sure. Uh, it was encouraging. But I, I, guess, I guess they have a very – they have a ceiling to win the division – but I just – I don't know if they're going to hit that this year. I don't think I'm as high on them as I am, as most people are. But uh, like you said, I, I, I don't know how well the Chiefs will be able to overcome some of the mistakes he's going to make. That pass defense is not very good. Uh, the, the good thing is Phil Rivers seems to struggle against that secondary no matter, no matter who's in it. So that's yeah. one thing they do have going for them yeah. uh, for sure. But, you know, uh, and Kareem Hunt gained a ton – uh, he he kind of like juiced his stats, his YPC totals, and everything uh, off of off of like seven or eight big time broken plays last year. So, yeah, but uh, listen, don't forget he was a rookie, so he, he's coming into year two, solid line. 
you know, I, I expect Kareem Hunt to be able to do some things. But, yeah, I, I think the big thing is, is can this entire offense adjust to basically being an entirely new offense? Alex Smith is not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is not Alex Smith. They are completely different quarterbacks. So that's going to be the big adjustment for them. I think they're going to be average defensively. Um, so, but, but again, like we said, nine wins can win this. So you, you can say this you can, exactly. You can say the same thing about them. Nine wins, but you know that can win the division. You yeah. Know? And, and listen, like I said, Andy Reid has always gotten the most out of his quarterbacks. So I, I, I like I like Kansas City. I don't like them that hey they're going to make a run this year, um, but you know I think there's certainly a clear path for them to get to the playoffs. I don't know if I'd call it a clear path, but I think they can get there for sure. I mean, uh, we'll see. I mean, they have look at the talent on paper from top to bottom. Uh, yeah. They're uh, they're probably the mo- they're mo- the most talented offense in the division on paper. But you know, can they no. put it together? No. You don't think? No, the most talented team in that division on offense. Yes, is still the is still the Raiders. The Raiders. It's still the Raiders. The Raiders. Talk to me about Oakland. Let's go there. Carter Cooper should be the marquee connection out west, but they have so much weird stuff going on out there. The <laughs> the whole what is John Gruden going to do to this offense? Because all he's done is sign and talk about a bunch of tough guys that like it's 1998. Like he's retaking over uh, Tampa Bay, or like he's retaking over Oakland for the first time. The game's changed, so that's my huge concern with Oakland. Not to mention this whole Khalil Mack thing. Now the talk is, well, they might trade him. Uh, this guy is a premier pass rusher in the league. Work it out. Yeah, I'm definitely concerned about Oakland. And you want to talk about weird stuff? John Gruden signing fullbacks. Mm-hmm. He's going out of his way to sign a fullback. And yeah. You want to talk about weird stuff. I mean, in a nutshell, in, like, one cliche, like, play, remember the primetime game last year where Carr's throw hit the sky cam wire? Yeah. And, and missed Amari Cooper in stride? I mean, just a bizarre season. Cooper wasn't himself. This guy was amazing two years ago he in was. college. So what's up with that? What, what I mean, what's going on there with him? He was banged up a little bit last year, and they just didn't seem to be on the same page. It, it just all seemed off for Oakland. Like, everything kind of seemed off. Their run game's going to be important because, you know, it started as a joke. Like, haha, John Gruden's going to come in and do the same thing he did in 1998. And now as we get closer to the season, it's like, like, oh, man, he oh, might. Man, John Gruden's actually going to do the same thing. Um, but I, their run game's going to be so important. And you know what? Marshawn's such a great character, and he's fun, and he's in his hometown. He hasn't really played very well. Dude, how about the kid running in preseason the other night? How about Carson running the ball? He might be their guy. He might be their guy next year. Two years? I don't know. I, I think at some point you got to replace Marshawn. He was just not good last year. There was not a whole lot of good in his game last year. So, But I still think talent-wise, Oakland is probably there. I just have a lot of questions about him. I think there's too many questions for me. Uh, and, and And remind our listeners, Dan, what did they pay John Gruden? Like a hundred million dollars over ten years? Am I right? To sign fullbacks and run the ball and run the ball like he has Charlie Garner and Mike Allstott. Exotic like, Smash Mouth. Oh God, he's like a malarkey two point This isn't even exotic Smash Mouth. This is just going to be straight Smash. I, we got to see it. We got to see the product. But that's really the big fear right now. now if he comes out and lets Derek Carr swing it, then maybe you have something there. Can Derek Carr like swing Derek it? Carr. I, I I like Derek Carr. I think he's a, a very quality quarterback. Last year was just such a strange year, both sides of the ball, 
for for Oakland. I, I I really can't place what went wrong for that team. They just seemed out of sync. No, I, I, it seems like everybody's on different sides of the fifty yard line for Oakland. Nobody's on the fifty. Either you're like, yeah, John Gruden will fix everything, or oh my god, or it's going to be bad. Yeah, he's going to have to call something other than Spider Two Y Banana this year. Two Y Banana, that's the play. Last but not least, John Elway, Denver Broncos, bringing in Case Keenum. Well, yeah, that's exactly kind of how I feel about that. But then again, I mean, they they got to the NFC Championship. I mean, they had one of the worst blown tackles or one of the worst choking moments with the New Orleans State secondary in history. But It's a huge choke, but to Marcus Williams' defense, he tried to make a play. Because you've got to stop him from going out of bounds there, or else they're going to kick a field goal and go to that tide anyway, and you're going to overtime. So he tried to make a play. He was a rookie. Turned out to be probably the worst play of his career, but it was an aggressive play. And you look at that as, you know, you can live with an aggressive mistake. Anyway, Case, <laughs> Case Keenum's in Denver. Same story. You know, you got Emmanuel Sanders bringing in Sutton. Uh, Demarius Thomas to me is like, I don't want to say on the decline, but like you look at a guy with his size and he's been kind of dinged up in here and there. I, he doesn't like scare me anymore. I, I don't know. I, he, and you bring, you know, you get Royce Freeman, who who I hope gets kind of the bell cow shares of carries here. I love Royce Freeman. Uh, but what, what are we going to make of this Denver kind of the new pieces here? I think it's a similar situation to where Keenum was last year, a team with a, with a really good defense and, some some pretty good wide receivers on the outside, right? I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is still a quality receiver. Demarius Thomas, he's always had the drop problems, and that really, really escalated last year. But still a quality receiver, so they had targets on that team. So I, I you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of okay with Case Keenum there. I think he'll be I think he'll be pretty good for that team. Another weird team last year. It looked like it looked pretty flat out. Like they just quit. Like most games, they kind of just quit. I'm okay with Keenum, but I, I don't get excited about it. I, no, no. I, and, but I don't think you were excited about him in Minnesota last year. And they're playing in the NFC championship. That's true. But if you put a healthy Dalvin cook there, they're good enough everywhere else to maybe play in a Super Bowl. I don't they know are. if Denver's good enough everywhere else to have case Keenum be their guy in a Super Bowl. You know, I, I agree. But again, we're talking about, winning a division here that has just so many question marks around it. And, you know, you, you look around that division, Phillip rivers right now going into going into the season is the best quarterback in that division. And then you kind of get jumbled. Is Carr better than Keenum? Is he that much better than Keenum? Where does Mahomes rank? We've never really seen him play in a meaningful game. So it, it, it's weird. It, it's a weird team. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a great friend to Case Keenum. He likes those completions where the receivers can run after, and Sanders is a possession guy. I'm a huge Sanders guy. Um, I, you know, Denver's weird to me because the defense is still there. Like, Von Miller's still there. Shaq Barrett's still there. Derek Wolf's still there. They're not as good in the secondary, but they've still got Roby. They've still got Harris. I, it's quality defense, right? And if I'm being honest, if one of those teams from the West snuck in the playoffs, Denver would scare me the most just because of that defense. And, and I mean, this is all pending Royce Freeman, I think, because I think Royce Freeman's got to give you something. And I think he's going to. Yeah, they've got to be able to run. I mean, that's that's just 
that's it. They've got to be able to run. You know, Keenum's not going to be great without a solid run game. Like, you can't just put the game on his shoulder and say, hey, Case, throw it 45 times. I do think schematically it sets up well for Keenum, though. He's not a guy who has a massive arm, but he needs those anticipation throws. And, you know, you're going to say, well, they got no tight end in Denver. Well, he didn't use Kyle Rudolph outside of the five-yard line either last year. So it doesn't really matter. So I think think everything is going to be okay in Denver. I think that defense could take them to the next level. But this division, man. It's going to be something else. I, I'm going to peg you right now. I'm going to say, Dan, what, what's your prediction for the AFC West? Oh, man, that is ugly. You know what? I'm going to go with Denver. I'm going to go with Denver at nine wins. I think they just edge out Mahomes and Rivers and, you know, I, just too many questions to me in, in Oakland as to what's going on. Oakland could win 12 games. Oakland could win 12 games. They could win four games. So, to me, I think I, – I think, uh, Kansas City will be right there. I think uh, the Chargers, they're always right there. I think they'll be right there again. But I'm going to give a slight edge to Denver, and I don't feel great about that. You know, I'm going to say the Chargers with Denver is like a 1A, (laughs) like kind of right there. I don't don't know. Nine wins will win this division, I think. Um, I don't feel good about that pick at all. I, I, like I, 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 you know, I, I think who, honestly, my gut's telling me whoever wins this division is a one and done in the playoffs. I think Probably. they get in and it's like, whatever, we're going to be mediocre until like next year, maybe the year after. That's kind of going to be it. I just think losing Jason Verrett, it, it, it sucks. It's yeah, so bad huge. for the Chargers. And when you get, when you get in the playoffs and like you say, you see a Broncos defense that can huge. give you d- different looks. And Verrett's, Verrett's huge because it's not a very good defense. It's an average defense, but it's not very good. But I'm taking I'm taking the experience with Rivers. I'm taking the sure thing with Melvin Gordon leading the wow. way to nine wins this year. Nine whole wins wow. for the winner of the AFC West. Yikes! Let's let's move on to uh, your favorite division, the AFC North. Oof. On to the AFC North, Dan. Everybody's been talking about the Cleveland Browns for various reasons across the last five months. So let's start there. Cleveland Browns, what's going on? Oh Well, yeah, I mean, you're right because they've made so many moves. And instead of a team that's rebuilding, as we've traditionally seen constantly with the Browns since 99, they look like a team that's going to try to make a run soon. I mean, you bring in Tyrod Taylor, you bring in Jarvis Landry, you're bringing in Des Bryant for a visit. So you, you're bringing in all these guys, and, you know, I like, I like some of these guys. Jarvis Landry, to me, two. he's a very good number two, and I think the problem was in Miami, he was a one, and he's just not that. He's not going to get over the top of the defense. He's not going to make those big plays. Uh, I love Baker Mayfield. I know – there, like you said with Oakland, there's nobody on the 50 for Baker. Either you love him or you hate him. I love him. I love him. I like that fire. I like to see that in a quarterback. I don't care if you think it's cocky. The guy won games, and he won a lot of games. Um, I just, you know, Hugh Jackson to me, it was such a bad move to keep Hugh Jackson. Such a bad move. And I think, you know, you won one game in two years, and you're basically saying – well, you know what? We don't want to fire another coach. Why? What's the difference at this point? What is, what is the difference in firing another coach at this point? Hugh Jackson was not a good coach in Oakland. He has clearly not been a good coach in Cleveland. I mean, he's, had, he's run through, what, five quarterbacks in two years, and they've all been bad. 
I'm with you, Dan. However, you know, you bring in Tyrod Taylor, you sound excited about a guy who can't win a Super Bowl in the right situation. I don't think he can win a Super Bowl, but in the I right think, situation, he I, could. Listen, listen, a Super Bowl for Cleveland is probably eight wins. That's a Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, honestly, with the way this team and the way that division is shaking out, you know, eight wins isn't unfeasible, but I keep going back to. It's, it's the Browns, and I can't get it out of my head that this team's not going to win more than five. That defense was a lot better statistically than it showed up you know, with, with, with what the win-loss record was. That defense – Yeah, and not to mention the fact that they were on the field 40 Right, they were in poor situations for the entire season. Now you yeah. bring in a guy like Carlos Hyde who can maybe run the ball if he stays healthy, and if he doesn't stay healthy, then you got Nick Chubb to give it a shot. And you still have uh, is Duke Johnson Duke still there? Johnson's I mean, there. You got a nice, you got a nice, uh, you got a nice third down back and catch passes. I mean, offensively, they're just really interesting team. And look, say what you will about Todd Haley, he's not a great guy. He's a locker room problem. He extended Ben Roethlisberger's career by probably four years. I, I have no problem with the Browns. I I could, I could see them totally winning eight games. Uh, the the thing is here. I think if they're four, if they're four, if they're two and two, if they're five hundred after the first four games, I think you're going to see Tyrod Taylor for until it goes completely south. Problem is they play the Steelers and the Saints first two weeks of the NFL season. It's a rough. Start. It's a rough start. It's a rough start. It's about as rough as it gets. If Tyrod Taylor can somehow squeak out one of these games, you're going to see him for a long time this season. But but there's no guarantee he even opens the season as a starter. What are the chances that we get a fast one with Baker Mayfield uh, on September 9th at home? Five percent. Five percent. No, I mean, you don't throw him out. Don't throw Baker with a start like that. Dan, it's the Browns. I, I get that. But with a start like that, you're playing a Steelers defense, which was above average last year, probably going to be a little bit better this year. And a Saints defense that I think was pretty unheralded last year. I thought they played pretty well. I, you know, I'm not I'm not putting him out against them. Uh I, I, I want to see what Tyrod Taylor can do. You brought Baker Mayfield in because you think he can be the best quarterback in this class. That's why you take him number one. But he's still got some things that he's got to learn. And I think the biggest thing he can learn from Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. I, you know what? I think Tyrod Taylor has a chance the first couple of games. I mean, honestly, you know, anything could happen. But I think they are legitimately going to be in a one-score game with at least one of these two teams in crunch time, either the Steelers or the Saints. I, I think there's a shot now. What's Josh Gordon going to give you? Nobody in the world on this planet knows what the hell was actually going on with him, uh, but he's back in camp. He is uh, the absolute X factor of this team. Uh, the, the upside yeah. he has is tremendous, and he totally changes that offense. I mean, you do a little RPO, a little play action with, with you know Josh Gordon going over the top and Jarvis Landry over the middle and Duke Johnson running out of the slot, and uh, David Njoku has been a pleasant surprise. I, I think you're going to give some teams problems as long as Todd Haley can push the right buttons. You know what? Todd Haley did that really well in Pittsburgh. I mean, again, say what you will about him. Not a great guy. Locker room problem. Look at what he did to the Steelers offense. They're, they're, they're phenomenal. They were phenomenal under Todd Haley. So, you know, schematically, he's a great coach, and I think he can do a lot of things. But to me – the entire thing of bringing Des Bryant in, trying to court Des Bryant to Cleveland, tells me they're not completely sure Josh Gordon is ready to go. 
and they're maybe looking for a little stopgap in there to give him some time to get up to speed. So that would be my big question there. But again, there's probably two, three guys in this league that can cover Josh Gordon. He and none of them play in the north. He's unguardable. You know what he reminds me of, and this might piss some people off. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but in terms of potential and, and struggles off the field, he's like the Josh Hamilton of the NFL right now. I mean, do you remember how good Josh Hamilton was? Yeah. He was unreal yeah. in like 2007, 2008. Um, if he gets his, you know what together, uh, he's he, uh, is going to totally change the dynamic of this team. That's the big. Listen, I think on the field. I, I think on the field. He's he's Randy Moss esque, uh, like undefendable. And you know what? There is there is reason he slipped to that supplemental draft, and and unfortunately, uh, it's it, Those reasons it has real. showed in the NFL. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, this podcast can't be ten hours. So let's move on. Let's check out the. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Joe Flacco has actually looked pretty good, um, and I know everybody's. Call, yeah, I know everybody's calling for Lamar Jackson. I know, but the thing is, you're going to see some Flacco. Uh, you're going to see some Flacco, whether you like it or not, Dan. Um, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm dying to see some Flacco. I love every time I see Joe Flacco. Oh, I bet you do as a Steelers fan. I've heard, you know what? Joe Flacco has not played a quarter of good football since he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> he hasn't. I mean, he legitimately hasn't. And granted, they haven't really surrounded him with a whole lot of talent. Joe Flacco's best play is to throw it deep and hope they get a pass interference call. <laughs> and you know what? A lot of the times that had worked for them. It, it just hasn't over the last four years. But, you know, I think they're going to come out with Joe Flacco, but I think there's going to be a really short leash. And I think it's because John Harbaugh is on a really short leash. Listen, the Browns went 0-16 and didn't fire their coach. Cincinnati stank and gave their coach an extension. And Baltimore contemplated firing John Harbaugh. I don't think he won a Super Bowl. I think right now, and we'll get to the Bengals. I would be the most disappointed fan in the league if I was a Bengals fan right now. There is just nothing going. I mean, God, he should have been out of there five years ago, and maybe that's maybe that's not soon enough. We'll get to that. We'll get Baltimore, to that. Baltimore. Baltimore. I mean, they've got some pieces. Downtown John you, Brown. You just think like. You just always think, hey, this is the Baltimore Ravens. They should be good. They should be competing in these games, and they're really just not. And I I do think a lot of that has to do with Joe Flacco. So, you know, maybe bringing Lamar Jackson in brings a little bit of excitement to your offense. I mean, Lamar Jackson got a bad rep. There's no way he should have been picked 32. I thought he was a much better quarterback there. You know, a rookie quarterback that they don't have much NFL tape on with an RPO, can win you three games by just being out there. I mean, I, I'm not comparing Lamar Jackson to Deshaun Watson. I'm not. So a uh, similar uh, skill set in terms of athleticism. Yeah. Um, but Deshaun Watson was playing over his head last year. He's still going to be a very good quarterback, I think. But just not having the tape, the unfamiliarity. I mean, it's just like major league pitchers coming in. There's not a lot of not a lot of tell on you. Don't know what he's going to throw. You see a lot of pitchers, you know pitch fantastic for the first half when they break in and then they taper off in the second half. I, why not throw Lamar Jackson out there? And But you know what? I think that could be dangerous I, in a good way. I, you know, I'm a big Alex Collins guy. I think he runs some RPO with Alex Collins. Had a tough, tough schedule last year in terms of run defense, and he still was very successful. And uh, he got an offensive coordinator who unfortunately is maybe a little bit too tra- traditional and is going to pound the football. But the Ravens are, are in a tough spot too. Absolutely. I, listen, I think it's Flacco to start the year, but that leash is short because I think John Harbaugh is coaching for his job. 
Yeah, I don't know. What is he? What is he? A jean guy? What was that with his jeans or whatever? What does he shop for? What does he say with his jeans? I have no idea, man. I can't keep up with the Harbaugh's. You know, it's bad when that makes headlines last year. Something about like what pants he wears or something. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, the leash is always going to be short in Baltimore. That's that he expects to win. Ravens fans expect to win, so I, I think he's. I think he's starting to feel the heat underneath him. And you know, the moment Joe Flacco goes out there and is. Back to 1950s, flat-footed, seven-step drop back Joe, and he's he's not getting it done. And plus, you know, I've heard a lot about Orlando Brown, and remember he had the terrible combine, and now he's had a great preseason, and he's going to start at right tackle. Well, here's the deal. You're going to have to block for a quarterback that is completely immobile. Joe Flacco is the closest human being on the planet to a statue. I mean, so I, I think – you know, I think we see Lamar Jackson at some point this year for Baltimore. I think they're going to win seven games. I can see that. As a, they have a seven and nine team written all over them, I think. Yeah, I think what that's you, fair. I think it's fair. Let's go to the Bengals. Yeah. What do you, uh, I mean, Andy Dalton's back. Got the same head coach. I mean, <sighs> I mean, how long till this guy's out of there, Dan? Uh, apparently forever. Apparently he's got some kind of dirt on, on the Bengal ownership. That he's just holding over their heads. I can't understand it. I can't. They're gonna they're gonna put a statue in front of the stadium for him. I, I can't. I can't. I mean, when was the last time the Cincinnati Bengals won uh, a playoff game? I, back then, Bill Clinton was just a cool guy that played the saxophone. Yeah, hey, listen, Bill Lazar's excited to use Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon this year in the backfield. Great, Joe Mixon was terrific last year, right? Oh, he just not just not a good between the tackle guy. No, he's not. Not not good. He's not. This team is about as vanilla as it gets on both sides of the football. You know, hear everybody talking about in preseason that none of these teams are showing everything. Well, that's about the most the Bengals are going to show all season. And, and, and AJ AJ Green's phenomenal, and he might be a Hall of Famer one day. But oh, I'll tell you what, on both sides of the ball, outside of AJ. I don't know what you got in Cincinnati, Dan. I don't either. Uh, and, you know, I, I just can't I, – I can't get past Marvin Lewis still being there. I can't. I can't fathom why. As a Steelers fan, I love it. I love looking across the sidelines and seeing Marvin Lewis as the guy you're going up against because I know in a tight game I want anyone but Marvin Lewis over there. <laughs> so, I mean, Andy Dalton, you know, he had those quality years, but – Ah, quality. That's had, that's a loose word now, I guess. He had some pretty quality years, but if you're nice, you get them generous. You get them to the playoffs, and and they fall apart. And they're well worse. They are far worse than they were during those playoff runs. It's hard to believe that Marvin Lewis has been there since Rudy Johnson. I, I know. I mean, Rudy listen, Johnson. There's there's something to be said about you know. Okay, we give our coaches a long leash. They might have some down years, but you know. We're, we have confidence in these coaches. Like a lot of a lot of teams, they're going to pull the trigger after two years. I, Tampa Bay can't keep a coach around there. But when your coach isn't doing anything, when your coach is, your team is getting significantly worse each year, it's time. It's been time. It's over. It's over. Uh, so we're moving on to the Steelers, and you like Joe Flacco, and you like seeing Marvin Lewis. You like seeing both of them twice a year. You got to like the Steelers' odds of winning this division. Yeah, I do. I, I still think the Steelers win the division. I just don't think they're as good as they're kind of made out to be. I think people kind of assume that, oh, Pittsburgh's going to play New England in the AFC Championship and probably lose. I don't think it's that easy for Pittsburgh. I think losing Ryan Shazier 
defensively is it, it can't be understated how gigantic a loss that is because he covered for a lot. He's not, he wasn't a sure tackler, but man, could he fly around? He could at least get a hit on a guy and slow him down until somebody else could get there. They're going to miss that a lot this year. And they're going to miss it a lot in coverage because he was so athletic and so good in coverage. So I'm a, I'm a little nervous about their defense and I'm not also sure Lavian Bell plays week one. Why is that? Dan? So you know what they're going to do. Lavian Bell's going to get back on the field. Everybody just assumes it's going to be the same as last year. It's going to be off to a slow start. And then week three, he'll be back to Bell and Pittsburgh's going to give him the ball, you know, 350 times. And you know, he'll go his, his own way next year. If I'm Lavian Bell and I'm looking at this going, listen, I'm getting older and older. I'm getting more and more mileage on me. You know, I'm trying to cash in. I'm trying to make $17 million a year next year. Do I really want that kind of mileage? I mean, teams are going to start to look at that and go, well, you know, he's great. He's phenomenal. But look at all his mileage. Do we want to pay him that much? So, you know, I could see a legitimate scenario where he misses the first four weeks. I don't know. I think the market's fine. I mean, Jarek McKinnon set the bar. Uh, I mean – I think, you know, Levian and his agent could look at that and be like, look, Jarek McKinnon got paid. What am I worth? Yeah, I, and listen, I'm never going to argue with the guy. I know Steelers fans have been all up in arms because he didn't take the deal. I'm never going to argue with a guy who tries to get his money, ever. I mean, imagine you're, imagine you're in your field and somebody comes up to you and tells you right out of college, you have 10 years to make your money and that's it. You're going to try and make as much money as you can. You don't care you know, who that pisses off. So I'm never going to argue with a guy that makes their money. But, you know, at, at $17 million, I, I just don't know if there's a team that's going to give him that, given his age, given the number of touches he's had, and given a, a pretty lengthy injury history. I, I don't think he'll, he'll find maybe a, a better situation to play in. And I know, he, like, there's part of me that wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. And he's like, okay, I'm playing with A.B., Playing with Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. both are Hall of Famers. I got Juju coming in. I got this kid, James Washington, who's been dynamite. Love him. Like, we could legitimately win a Super Bowl if I get out there and play. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, Dan? It's like, is your glass half full or your glass half empty? Neither of us personally know Le'Veon, so we don't know what's going on. We can't just text him or send him a snap. Yeah, sure. Like, hey, 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 Lev, what are you doing week one, man? You yeah. know, so – I, I think he's got to look at this thing, you know, saying, you know what? I want a ring, man. Yeah. Like, and, and you know what? Odds are, odds are he's out on the field week one. I'm just, I saying, like, I'm just I like saying, your views though. I'm just saying like there's it. a legitimate, there's a legitimate, I could legitimately see him sitting out four weeks and saying, I don't want that wear and tear on my body going into free agency. So I, I could see that. Other than that, the Steelers offensively, they might be the best offense in football. I mean, you could certainly make that argument. They're just so good. The line, Ben, A.B., we know all about them. And then, of course, Juju's going to come into his second year. And like you mentioned, James Washington. I like James Washington a lot for what he can do for this team. And I think he can do more than Martavis Bryant did for the team. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. Uh, So I think it's kind of no secret we're both picking Pittsburgh to win this division. Yeah, and I think maybe, maybe if things go really, really right in Baltimore, maybe they sneak into the playoff if, if, if everybody else is having a down year. Um, but, you know, I know there's a lot of hype around Cleveland. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see a path to the playoffs for them. And I think by the end of the year, you'll probably see Baker. Um, and then Cincinnati, to me, out. out. 
Dan, who comes out of the AFC? I, right now, until they prove – until they don't do it, I'm picking up like, New England. New England? Uh, oh, man. I think New England and Jacksonville are probably the two best teams there. I'm with you on New England. I know it's chalky, but it's the truth. You're going to give me Tom Brady and Gronk with a bye, yeah. most likely. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take that all day. And, I mean, he might even go going into their building, most likely going into Foxborough, a Jacksonville you... team going into Foxborough. No, thanks. In January. Yeah. No, thanks. I, I think. No, thanks. I, I, I mean, and he... I do. I think Jacksonville has taken over Pittsburgh as that second best team in the AFC, the biggest challenger to New England. I mean, you, you factor in the cold weather with the deflated footballs and the bugs in the locker room. <laughs> the, Jag, the, the Jags pretty much have no shot, pretty much no shot. But no, on the real though. Like you said, I'm taking the chalk. I'm taking I'm taking Tom Brady and Bill for good reason. And like you said, I mean, I'm at, it's like getting along with your dad or your stepdad or your, or your mom's boyfriend or your or your whoever you know whoever's raising you, your your brother. Yeah, you're gonna have rifts over over two almost two decades yes. of of success. Like, there's gonna be egos. Anyone. There's gonna be differences. Yeah, I, I yeah. Mean, I, I just don't see that as a problem. It clearly didn't affect him last year. What affected him was not playing Malcolm Butler and being stubborn and. Listen, Bill Belichick is an all-time coach, maybe the best all-time. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. And and the media will blow anything out of proportion sure. in New England that they can. You know, Bill wants pepperoni, but Tom wants sausage on his pizza tonight. We're gonna we're gonna throw this out of proportion. You know? Yeah. And you know, like I said, they're the standard in the AFC. They've been the standard for the last eighteen years. So I, I mean, I, I can't pick against them until somebody can beat them. I mean, I can see Jacksonville beating them. I can see Jacksonville going to a Super Bowl. I can see Pittsburgh going to a Super Bowl. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting money down, it's, it's probably on New England. Just a reminder, you are tuned in to No Huddle with Carlucci right here on the Times News, TNOnline.com. Make sure you check out our high school football preview, which is coming out uh, the day before high school football kicks off, which is August 25th already. Uh, we're back in high school football season. Make sure you check out all of our sports content. You can get it free. We uh, heighten winning it all this year, right? You know what? Uh, the, the the polls are out in the Skooka Football League. You can check it out, Dan. I know Dan and I are both Lehigh and uh, alumni, so they'll always have a little space in our hearts for real. But uh, yeah, Dan Snyder, currently with Fox OKC. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show with me today, and uh, we'll see if any of your predictions remain true. Oh, God, probably not. <laughs> All right, for Dan Snyder, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a good night.